Welcome to the Panoramic Outdoors Podcast, connecting you to all things outdoors. Hey everyone, this is Panoramic Outdoors Podcast, episode 157, coming right at you. I'm Sheldon Grant, and today's episode is brought to us by iHunter. It's the all-in-one digital hunting companion for hunters and outdoor enthusiasts across Canada. Know your regs inside and out. Today's episode is actually a great one. We're sitting in a hotel room, three guys, two mics, uh, no big deal. Two girls, one cup, see that reference? Welcome to the show, Josh McFadden. Thanks for having me. And of course, we got my partner in crime, Tristan. I'm just excited to be here. Um, hotel room 206 in the uh, the Best Western folks. Headingly, Manitoba. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we got Josh on. Josh, you've been on how many times? Third time or fourth time? Uh, I feel like it's maybe fourth. Yeah? Fourth? I think I think he guest hosted once. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Remember that time Chase got all ripped and then he had a guest host? Yeah. Oh, no, I guess so. Yeah. I feel like, man, it might be five. It might be. Two at Chase's old place. Right. One at your place. One online. One online. There was another one in there this somewhere. This one. Did we do one in Nipawa? Or no? No. Oh. No. I don't think so. Okay. Maybe did, not. Didn't we do one in a hotel in Nipawa? Yeah, we did one. Um, oh, yeah. Jordan, Chase, Jordan. I was I was present, but the podcast didn't. Yeah, we I was I wasn't a part of it. No, no. Yeah, four, okay. Four and a half. Four and a half. Yeah, we're on four and a half. So this is your fifth, let's say, fifth podcast. Then, hundred and fifty seventh episode. Do you got you got some answers Man, for the five burning questions or what? We're still doing five burning questions. Yeah. Okay. Um, should I just start without? <laughs> is that how we do it now? Before you can ask questions. Yeah, you you ask the questions, <laughs> and okay. then answer them yourself. Okay. Uh, what color is blue? So we're going to start off here by doing the five burning questions. We've had some time to like sit around and chat a little bit. So uh, we might have a, a little bit of laughter because some of this is like repeat. But my first question for you, Josh, it's coming up to fall season. You do a bit of bear hunting. What is your favorite bear recipe, meat-wise, obviously? Oh, man. Before you answer this question, I just want to point out, last time we did five burning questions, it took you 45 yeah, I know, minutes to I know. get through. Because so burning means these, the rule, there's rules, right? There's you, stipulations. Whatever's at the top of your head, like that, okay, that meal just like from quick. a bear. Yeah. Okay, so it may not be correct. Don't try to sell but, your ribs. Like, just Okay, I'm not, sell, not, selling, not selling ribs. The I was talking to a friend about this just, like, just, just before I uh, got picked up by Tristan to come out here. Um but because I don't have a vehicle, just kidding. I do. River City Four. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Coca Cola. Get this, Korean uh, skewers. So it's not like ribs. You you take whole muscle meat, cut it into strips, like pretty thin strips. Put it ribbon style on a skewer, and then soak that in a marinade, or pre-soak it in a marinade, marinade, and then put it on the skewers. But just. Uh, <laughs> Korean style. If you've if you've 
done like the Korean ribs or Maui ribs, that kind of vibe, right? Like sweet, spicy, little tangy, little zangy, all the good stuff. And uh, I made that last summer um, and just did it with grilled the skewers, put it on uh, lettuce wrap with rice, a little bit of sriracha and hoisin sauce on there. Awesome. Yeah. Good way to do it. So when it comes to bear meat, a lot of people, I think, get scared of it. But like, what is your suggestion? Just a secondary question to my first burning question. But is it, do you cook bear meat like fast with lots of heat or slow and low? Well, it depends on the cut, right? Like if, if it's a... Like, so that, yeah, that's my question. So you kind of treat it like a beef kind of idea. Yeah. Or, yeah. It's, it has a little more of a beefy flavor, but it has a porky texture but more soft and mushy kind of like there's really it's 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 weird meat the strands the muscle strands in it are just like tough but it's soft um so even like the steak cuts i would say hind quarter is or the the hind um there's some really good steak cuts from the upper leg and that stuff can be cooked hot and fast like a steak brought it to i typically cook my bear steaks to 150 it's still like kind of acceptable for a steak as far as Dunnis is concerned 145 and let it like rest in 150 um but yeah so it's like a little overcooked in the beef world but a little undercooked in the people getting afraid of trichinosis and all that stuff which really um trichinosis should not be present after 137 i think 136 137 is the number of course there's some math that goes with that as well like over a certain duration of time it has to be at that heat and all of the meat has to be that temperature but anyhow five burning questions that's all i got have you had the gnosis yet nope gnosis i have not (laughs) um i got my second question i don't know did you have one line up tristan sure okay sure since we're talking math in this episode what is what is the percentage of panoramic outdoor podcasts that you've been on historically I crunched the numbers while you were. Ooh. Uh, it's a burning question. I'm not even going to think it. Uh, Just blur out a number. 4.3. Man, that was close. Yeah? Yeah. Three, no, not even. Yeah, 3.18%. Hey, that's no. within. No, that, uh, no, that'd be like 20. No. <laughs> I don't know. I guess within one number. Yeah. What's There's five, a couple what's decimals five, what's five that are by irrelevant. Twenty, it'd be twenty-five. It'd be like twenty-seven percent of the episodes. Like, ba- what did you? Right? No. Because if you've been in five episodes out of a hundred, that would mean it'd be five percent. Yeah. Okay, I see what I'm. Yeah. Ah! Yeah, we got the math right. I thought you were okay. Yeah, I thought you were arguing a different point. But <laughs> do you want to ask? You me? weren't. I don't know. I should just retire. Yeah. Just. Um, my third question for you is: I, it's one that we've been asking the last few guests, but. I don't think you've been asked it, but if you had um, fuck you money, what would you go and do? That means that you can't spend it on your family. You can't spend it. Oh, I feel like I've maybe been asked if I had like ex- like unlimited money, where would you go, right? That's not that. It's just like, fuck. okay, if you had fuck you money, what would you buy for like a toy, your first toy for yourself? <sighs> Man, I don't know. Just like something quick and easy, just a just a dirt bike. Why not? A just brand go new for one or an old, old 80s one? No, like a new one. Brand new I'd just one. go to the dealership and buy it. And I'd go for a rip and then wouldn't use it for a while because then I'd just be buying other toys because I'd have a ton of extra money to spend. No, you're out of money once you buy that first toy. Like, it's just one toy, that's it. Oh, really? Yeah. And then all my money's gone? Your fuck you money's gone, yeah. 
Oh yeah, that's tough. Just so like a head, the dirt bike's fine. We can go on. To the okay, next yeah, let's yeah, forget about it. Yeah. Okay. I missed I missed a part of that. We're good. I don't. What are you on now? Number four. Yeah. I don't have a number four. Do you have a number four? I can make up a number, yeah, four. number four. Okay. If question number four. Um, we'll just edit that part out. Yeah. Thanks, John. Um, another question that we've been asking a lot of people is that uh, where do you get your inspiration from? Inspiration from? I think we've asked you this in the past, but I mean, lately you've you've you and Jay have catch cook. You're doing a lot more content. You're um, you seem to be everywhere all the time. Where do you get that inspiration? Plus, you have a family and a beautiful family at that. How do you balance all that? Okay, so two burning questions in one. Yeah, number nine. Uh, inspiration. <laughs> inspiration. I was First. told to say my family indirectly through that line of questioning. Um, and, I mean, it, yeah, it's it's really tough. Like, inspiration as far as what inspires me to do, to wake up, to do what? Anything? I'm just trying to think, like, you're asking what inspires me. What inspires you to do what you do? Like, we see you online doing stuff. You're all over the place. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like I just do it. Like, nothing inspires me to... What inspires me to do that? Just the... Oh, uh, man. I just feel like I'm being interviewed <laughs> for a job. So, what inspires me is world peace and just just really the thought every day of not wanting to do nothing. Like, I wake up and I want to do something and it frustrates me some days when I can't. And I think just that whatever that is gets gets me going like i i want to be able to get up and actually do something every day and anytime an opportunity pops up then it just allows you to sift through those things pretty quickly and say like yep yep no 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 and you yeah just build build a plan kind of long term to facilitate that but then on the short term it's just like yeah okay cool like pop on an opportunity pops up and just try to make it work yeah. The one thing that I really like about you other than your new haircut is that you have the ability to <clears throat> I don't know how to phrase this properly. Not say like not say like screw you corporate world, but like it seems like you get some of your inspiration or the drive because you don't want to have a 9 to 5. You want to have a I'll Yeah, work, that inspires I'll me work every a, day. I'll work at yes. 6 to 6 to 3 today if I want. Yeah. The the freedom to just not be locked down to a schedule is awesome. And that that inspires me. Like that gets gets the spark going every day. Um cuz I just like yeah, that independence, for sure. And that like that must like I don't know. Like for me, I just like I I get anxiety about stupid shit. Does that does that not bother you that you say like tomorrow you don't know if you're going to have like a photo shoot tomorrow, you don't know if you're going to be able to Create content tomorrow. Like, does that ever like pop in your brain? Yeah, every day. Like, every I day. don't sleep because of it. <laughs> but it's it's just good. Like, everything's consistent and fine. But I think that's just maybe one of the um, burdens of that lifestyle is that there's not a ton of peace because your brain's always just going. That's yeah, for sure a thing. I feel like that might be like a little chicken egg thing going on there. Yeah, the brain just always going. Probably no matter what. Yes. Yes. That's also my brain. So, and, and I do have to get up at the same time every day. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, it's, it's such a different, it's, a, it's such a different drum to like beat to drum to drum to beat to. <laughs> oh, wow. Just like, what am I trying to say? I don't know. So it's just a complete, yeah, it's, it's a, 
totally different lifestyle and getting up at just like some days I could sleep in uh, during the week. Right. And I don't have to be up at any time for anything. Really. You just kind of like make your own calendar, which is, uh, yeah, good for somebody who sometimes needs that extra sleep in the morning because they didn't sleep all night long. Right. Because your brain's just spinning the whole time. Mm-hmm. Well, that's cool. You got through the five running questions. We're just yeah, going to wrap it yeah, up there. <laughs> That's probably great. half an hour. Yeah. So, like, thanks for coming on the podcast. No, just kidding. Um, right. But no, the reason great. why we wanted to get you on is because we haven't had you on for quite a while. And the cool thing about us three, me you and Tristan, is that when we haven't talked for a while, we can get on the phone and start chatting, and then all of a sudden it's like an hour's gone by and we're catching up. Yeah. So this is like kind of going to be like a loosey goosey podcast. A for little catch up. Listening. A little bit of catch up. But I would like to and start a little bit of mustard. <laughs> like, oh yeah, make it mustard. Remember that. Uh, anyways, hey. <laughs> zing, um, catch and cook. That's where I wanted to start. You have a, a new spice. I haven't tried the lime one. What's that all about? Yeah. So I feel silly cause I thought that you guys had all maybe had that, but obviously not, but we've got, um, a not, it's not a lime flavor. In fact, uh, it's, it is green though. The label is green. It's called citrus kick. So citrus does also, you know, encompass limes, but it's a lemon pepper. And uh, you want me to explain that a little bit? Or? Yeah, do it. I actually just did a post uh, before I got here on lemon pepper on our social medias. But we've got a really nice black pepper that's been cracked. So they take the whole peppercorn and they crack it and they throw that in the bottle. At our little, uh, our little elves do that, the spice making factory there. The spice girls do that for us. And no, wait, speaking of elves at a spice factory... We were talking about this the other day. Was there a commercial with elves in a tree that that made cookies? Do you remember that? Yeah, commercial? Mr. Christie's. It was a Mr. We couldn't figure out who yeah. it was. Why, you, like, duh, you idiot. <laughs> you morons. Because <laughs> <laughs> <Anyways. laughs> <laughs> it was so obvious to me. Uh, Sorry. It may not God. have been Mr. Christie's, but that's what I feel like it was. Um, where was I? What were we talking about? Right here. uh, Catch and cook. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So the finest of all black peppers and something that we learned through this, you know, developing spices and whatever process process um, is that many a spice brand out there and the cheaper kind of, you know, regular average uh, lemon peppers that you can buy, they use the pepper shell because it's more affordable and it's just easy to access because the other spice factories out there, they're discarding this stuff so the pepper shell it's cool and it looks like pepper and it adds a little black fleck to your shaker bottle but it doesn't have any of the heat to it or it has much less heat to it where the core of it is where all the heat is so we made sure that we put the whole peppercorn in there so you get that like nice pepper hit maybe spicy for some people but it's just a awesome little addition to that seasoning and then uh we've got a citrus powder that goes in there too so it's like lemon a lot of lemon hit and to add our yellow flavor or our yellow color sorry um we use turmeric for that so it's typically yellow dye number xyz that gives you migraines and causes cancer and all these bad things so that's not present and we've got just yeah a turmeric powder so it has a bit of a floral hit to it on the nose but um it's just yeah essentially lemon pepper has a good Real nice, real nice kick to it. Mm. Yeah. You you have spice people. This this like this intrigues me. Yeah. 
how did you find your spice people and like how did you know they were they were good these were the spice people you wanted to to go with so we originally started with a mill in minnesota and it was a small little mom and pop place and they did like processing of grains and spices and all that that was through a connection um with a buddy that lives in minnesota as well so we did our first batch or two or whatever with them when we launched and uh <laughs> you gonna grab that or <laughs> we did our first we did our first couple batches with them and sold out and did really well but they couldn't keep up with the demand basically and we had them doing some logistics and stuff like that and it just wasn't working out amazingly well oh we got another one nice you want to tell me what you drink in there you give it a little crack just say uh lake of the woods wetlands wild dry hopped with hops fresh from the eastern shores of lake manitoba the delta marsh blend which is like the uh the uh yep the equivalent to uh the everglades it's the it's like the the everglades of the north um you're you're welcome travel manitoba yeah you're welcome um gator free um okay where was i with that whole spice people yeah the spice people okay so yeah we started out in the states yada yada a couple batches with those guys they couldn't really keep up the demand handle logistics and um we just needed more assistance on that and to meet higher volumes with packaging so we just did a bit of digging found a really nice facility just outside of toronto and they help us with all of that stuff. They they actually go out. It's a small family-run business. They travel around the world. They find spices from other countries and mill them there. And uh, our original coating has a paprika in it. Like a, they have a smoked paprika as well that we use. And it's just, it's so good. It's so fresh. It's, it's the highest quality. They mill it and grind it and everything right there. Is that the all-terrain? Uh, so all terrain also has a bunch of fresh stuff in it, but just the original, like the oh, original coating. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. I see, yeah I see what Cause we put a paprika in there, which is what gives it that red color, that orange color. Sorry that, uh, it's kind of like a signature look, I would say to our coating. Um, but yeah, spice people and they're amazing. Super easy to work with. Uh, it takes a lot of time. If you're thinking of developing a food product at any point, it's like a couple years out basically from figuring out what you want. I, I wanted to ask that too. Like, how much shit did you have to taste? Like, or shit is maybe a crass way to put it, but like, were, were you stuck in oh, I a. Thought, I thought I think it tastes okay, but. <laughs> <clears throat> but you know what I mean? Like, did you get spiced out? Like, were you like licking salt blocks for. So a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a process um, or a point in time, I should say, where you go through that. But for me, I can't remember if, if we've talked about this before in the past, but the beginning stages of this whole product is that I had been making that coating for a long time. And when it came down to Jay and I having the discussion that we wanted to move forward with making a cup, like a business out of this thing, it had to be formulated. So that's when it became hard because I would always just add this, that, and the other thing. And it would be extremely inconsistent. Right. But if you are making a product, that's going to hopefully one day land on the shelves and stores and be regulated and all of that. It has to be exact and it has to be formulated. So that, that was a something that you go through, you develop basically your ratios and then you bring it to 
a food person at a our spice people and they figure it out down to the exact whatever it is tiny little measurements and then they can scale that recipe infinitely to however big your batch is yeah um sidebar question about spices because it's so exhilarating to talk about spices do you think it or maybe no does canada have like a spice that the world looks at like oh that spice comes from canada oh man or like that like a peppercorn i don't know where peppercorns are from but i'm just i feel like i should have an answer to that but i don't know that's an interesting question yeah like i know a bunch of wild spices that grow here right but as far as as far as a like spice in, in reality who maybe other than you who knows where your spices come from anyways well they're where, all pretty well like they come from all over overseas the place. yeah right they do come from all over the place yeah um that's a great question though like canada is canada known to export a spice where where like to the point where someone else in another country would be like oh that's the canadian stuff that's the good one <laughs> yeah. maple syrup maple syrup spice. but that's that's about it tobacco Canadian tobacco? That that's the thing. Maybe it's American. I don't know. Pretty hard to find tobacco here. Yeah, maybe I'm thinking about spot. Yeah. Um, Catch and cook though. Before we wind up the catch cook talk, we we deal catch cook at our store, and what we find is that the most popular one is crunchy. Have you found? um, I mean, all all the anglers around that are buying this stuff and wild meat or whatever, whoever it is, do you find the most popular coating? Like what's like, what yeah, is so the most the top, popular? Out of the coatings, the top seller is the original crunchy, the crunchy. and then <clears throat> the spicy one is second, and then beer is after that. Because I think beer making beer batter anything is a bit of a ceremony. There's more stuff you need an extra bowl, and it's just yeah. It, well, and the thing this is my idea or not my idea, but my opinion about beer batter is that like one beer batter to another is pretty close. Yeah. Like you you got to The sig- beer makes a difference. The crunchy and your spicier sig- like they're like signature like there's a taste there. Yeah, right. Like, and you can't find it in another packet. Right. Yeah. I hate to say it, but beer batter it's like well you can kind of find it in any you yeah, can make sure. it yourself. Yeah, you can right? make like, yeah. I mean you could make ours too. It's just sure. it comes down to spices and seasonings and all that. Proprietary blend of spices and seasonings. <laughs> um but it's uh yeah, like beer it takes on the flavor of whatever beer you're putting in it, right? So, like, that makes a difference. And and you got to be willing to have a nap after eating something beer batter, right? Like, yeah. it's it's a little extra thick. Yeah. But delicious. And where do you find that your most of your customers are from? Do you, do you have any of that, like, information? Oh, like, like is the, Manitoba, like the is planet? Manitoba just, like, giving her? Are we number one? Um, I'd almost, I, I'd I, like to I say would Ontario. say Manitoba is probably not number one. But out of... Uh, provinces, Ontario, I would say, yeah. and then for states, Minnesota yeah. is a a pretty hefty consumer of our products online and now through retail. Yeah, yeah, cool. It'd be interesting to uh, track the the walleye correlation to to catch and cook. So yeah, that's what I like. I feel so maybe maybe. You know, listeners, you guys can reach out and let us know um, what you're putting your fish coating on, whatever you're using, but whatever, you know, what fish you're most likely putting it on and how often, because I've often wanted to know how, like you're proposing, how many walleyes compared to anything else. Like, is it 90% of fish that are being coated or proteans that are being coated and catch and cook? Is it 90% walleye? 
Could be. We'd have to ask the walleye, probably. But you move into the Midwest a little bit, and then you get, like, the pan panfish guys, right? So they've got the crappies and the perch, and so it's, ah, it's tough to say. But what I was going to say is often when we're thinking of a brand voice and who we're talking to and our customers and all those things, who are we talking to, right? And you have these different personas that you create, and more often than not, we're talking to the guy who likes to go in a tinner and catch a couple walleyes and cook something up on shore, right? Like it's the walleye guy. That's that's the customer. But then you start moving out, you know, through bleeding through the states now, and you have to develop a different different voice with that type of marketing too, right? Because you're now not talking to a walleye guy. I feel like original would go. I haven't done it yet, but original I feel like would do real well on a catfish. Like is that? Yeah, it's insane on catfish. So I do that often enough i feel like when we cooked a little bit we totally did yes you had it yes the popcorn bites yeah that was catfish they were so good yes that's where i came from obviously so it wasn't a dream yeah so tristan didn't have a dream we actually hung out together one day and it was magical um and no you you needed a spot to shoot so you hit me up right yeah. And he used and he, my backyard. Yeah, you've got a wicked spot in the backyard. What kind of tree is that? That big tree? It's it's called a spruce. No. Is it a spruce tree? <laughs> yeah. It's, a, it's like a blue spruce or something like that. Okay. So there's this giant big tree. Offers a lot of shade. It was nice. It was a good tree. It's a good spot. But yeah, so we... Yeah. Anyway. Southern catfish kind of style. That is what I had my... You know, the, the mix before it was catch and cook. The recipe was high in cornmeal so that it would kind of replicate that southern catfish fry. And that's why you see cornmeal in the in the batter today. Yeah, the the catch and cook thing, um <laughs> catch yeah, and cook batter. This little thing you, you know got the going thing on, you, yeah. Little thing you got. Still my favorite one I've ever had was elk cutlets. Backstrap cut really thin mm. in the crunchy. Yeah. And just fried. Like in butter. Like it didn't really stick that. Like it was just like powdered. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it was, right. It was perfect though. That's so like awesome. I know like when I was in New Yorkton at the Parkland Outdoor Show, we were set up beside another company that had batter. And it was like the actual company. And I can't remember what they're called. They're from Ontario. It was a mom and pa type deal. Yeah, forgettable. <laughs> yeah, totally forgettable. And um Anyways, it was kind of interesting because we'd get the customers coming to them that had them forever, but then they'd like come to our booth and be like, "Oh, you know, like, I've heard about this. Like, I'm gonna try both." So they'd buy one from them, one for one. Nice, yeah, cook, that's right? good, yeah. And um, yeah, a lot of the a lot of the customers that have already tried it at that show were like 45 plus males. I would I would assume buying catch cook me like. Oh yeah, I love this stuff. It's always in my cabin, or it's, you know what nice. I mean. Nice, yeah, yeah, exactly yeah. what you said. Like it's it's the people that are catching and cooking. Yeah, right. Wall- Great name, by the way. Walleye Bros. Yep. Yep. Good name. Good Name's name. trending. It's hot. Hot on X or whatever they call Twitter now. So you so you got that lime powder. Uh, what do you call it? Citrus blend. <coughs> oh, Sheldon's been grinding my gears uh, over the name. So it's called Citrus Kick. Citrus For the kick. last time. <laughs> then he loses it. So you got Citrus Kick out. Anything else coming out that you can, or like anything else out that I don't know about that's already out, like already out? Well, there's probably lots of things out that you don't know I noticed know you have about. some sweet merch. Yep. That's cool. <laughs> okay, so uh, 
to to pair up with the citrus kick. Um, hold on, I gotta move this bad boy. Uh, to pair up with the citrus kick, um, we're doing a. The bags have already been designed. They're ordered. We've got product. Uh, we've got product coming in, and um, it's gonna be a lemon pepper coating. So similar flavor profiles to the citrus kick, and then probably in the very early new year we'll have a rice flour based coating that we've sampled it's amazing crisps up just as nice and uh it'll be a gluten-free product so that's coming soon that's awesome man. yeah congratulations yeah i feel like we get lots of requests for gluten-free and i don't know that it's a massive market but it's it really does taste just the same yeah it, it gets just as crispy as the other stuff so um I think it's a good move. We'll do just original flavor in it to start. And yeah, I think it'll help satisfy those folks that, you know, may have a little bit of a gluten intolerance. If you're listening to this episode, we know you love local and so do we. That's why we're going to encourage you to check out your local co-op. Co-op is in over 600 communities across Western Canada with over 2 million members. Co-ops are a member driven organization that serve the local community. You can check out co-ops for all your food, fuel, home and construction, as well as agricultural needs. A membership costs you $10 to get in, and you're going to see that back in equity. You don't need a membership to shop at co-op, but you'd be missing out on all the equity and most importantly, your say and how that company runs. For groceries, if you want to shop online, you can check it out online at shop.crs and select markets. There's hundreds of local products sourced and packaged all across Western Canada and even free cookies for children in store at the deli counter. If you're looking at a home and building experience, they have local experts available to help with any plans, large or small, and free home and garage blueprints available for online download. Their gas stations are not just a great place to stop for fuel, but also for snacks and a recharge. They're available all across Western Canada Voted the cleanest bathrooms, they have full service at most locations, and car washes at most locations. On the egg side, Co-op's been in the business since 1930 and has continued to lead the way in not just energy products needed for seeding, harvesting, and everything in between, but also in the growing inventory of high-quality products including crop inputs and feed that Co-op manufactures and distributes. Co-op's private label production selection is growing every year, providing growers with the high-quality products they expect from the name they trust. Co-op also offers a range of fuel, lubricant, and propane products, and also provides farm buildings, grain bins, bulk fuel, fuel tanks, livestock equipment, fencing, and heaters. Wherever you are, be sure to check out your local co-op because they have it all. Yeah, both of our shows, one in Manitoba and Saskatchewan, then we went to... We had a few questions if you had gluten-free stuff. Yeah, like it pops up online every yeah. uh, every so often, right? So it's I, I think it's good. And people are just mindful of it, I think, in general. Yeah, for just sure. Just trying to eat less gluten for some reason, but yeah. Sweet. Um, another reason why I wanted to get you on the podcast, obviously, like we were saying, to catch up on a bunch of stuff. But what are you, like, what are you up to this fall? Like, I know we were just chatting earlier about doing some hunting and some fishing, but... It's always interesting to know what where you're going to be going, unless you don't want to let the cat out of the bag yet. I could I could talk about it a little bit. Um, I mean, I would say nothing too crazy, but I've got 
I'm just wrapping up summer now, so I've got a little fly-in trip with the family um, before the kids go back to school. And then kids go back to school. I've got a little bit of um, just hiking action and video action to do with our friend uh, Keevan Erickson over at uh, Lundar Ranch there. And he's just planning on scouting for some elk, so I'll go out and do a little bit of that. Um, I still really want to film my bear tag because this spring was a didn't work out well. And what happened? Uh, we just didn't see bears. Oh, really? Nothing. Yeah. And how come? Like, I thought you guys have a pretty decent spot. Like- so really awesome setup, but we had sows and cubs move in, and they were just running the area. Like they seemed to run everything out. Oh, yeah. So it was tough to compete with those, and there were boars that were just not showing up. And uh, yeah, then the season ended. Were so they, that was it. Were they showing up on camera? Or they just no, made- not really. Like early on, but then later on, they kind of disappeared, and it was just sows and cubs. Yeah. Huh. So that was too bad. But um, we uh, everything's still like set up and out there, and I feel like man, I, I I probably have to try something a little bit different with bait. And you're competing with everything right now, and doing something a little sweeter and going more on that program. But it's just time. So. I would like to go out and fill my bear tag, um, which the season's open now. If I don't do that by the end of September, then uh, I've got a moose hunt in Ontario, and that'll be a full seven or eight days in the backwoods on a fly-in. So that'll be something I've never done before, never gone moose hunting. Um, I'd really like to get one with the bow, but at the end of the day, I think there's enough tags in camp that I'll be going home with meat and some really sweet photos and a little bit of video. So that's really what I care about. Um, but if I could bring a moose home, that'd be amazing. Yeah. I just have to get some more coolers. I was going to ask, like, have you thought about baiting with Catch and Cook yet? Man. That, th- that seems like a, a <clears throat> promo video waiting to happen. It would be like... Um, I'm trying to think of, of what's similar, like where you pre, pre, almost like foie gras, where like you, you have to like <laughs> feed the animal the food that you want it to taste like and yeah. be like uh, fatty and rich and may, maybe there's something there. Like you, it's like pre-battered bear meat. Yeah. You know, once you see, like, would would it be orange inside when you skinned it? What if only the stupid bears were coming into the, the catching, like, the real, like... The walleye guys of the bear world? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm uh, a walleye guy. What are you trying to say? Yeah, I'm a walleye guy, too. So it's like, <laughs> no no offense. Um, yeah, that would be that'd be pretty awesome. I feel like some expired catch and cook with some honey on there, you'd be getting bears coming in from all over the place. Because it smells. Like, the, there's a... There's an aroma, pungent aroma in that bag. It's strong. I don't know if that's something bears like, but a little bit of a little bit of that sweet honey on top. Man. Um, fall plans got that covered. The other thing I wanted to cover was your boat or your your um, what the fuck is it called? Kayak. <laughs> what is up with that thing? Water vessel. That thing looks sick, that, man. That thing is unbelievable. Tell me about so, it. So, okay, I'll. <laughs> Don't sell it to me. Just tell no, me. No, I'm not going to sell it. I was not sold on the kayak thing. I'm just going to move this again, so hopefully it's not making a racket. Um, oh, I just feel thirsty for another beer, though. Do you have more beer? 
to share. Don't give me one if you don't have extra. Oh, we got lots. Okay, cool. Are you good with a dark beer? Yeah, I like I like a dark beer. I like beers of all sizes. So the reason why I'm questioning the beer thing here is that I haven't had beer in a little bit because it's bothering my tummy. But we're doing a podcast, having a little fun. So we're trying one of these new beers. Yellow. It's a torque. Mechanics of beer? What is this? What is this even? Roasty, smooth, comforting, 4.8, 28 on the IBU Richter scale. Yep, I think it. Uh, I think it was aged in bourbon barrels or something okay. like that. Okay, it smells nice. We've been talking about it so much, we may as well do a little sample on the radio yeah. here. You're welcome, Torque. Oh yeah, it's nice. Perfect. Yeah. Okay, where were we at? Um, the yak. Okay, so the yeah, the whole kayak thing. It may be a little bit nerdy. This this was what I thought. Dang, those guys look like they're having fun. But I think they're nerds. And it turns out that they are. But I'm one of them. Mm. So I'm just trying to think. I've done a little bit of fishing from a kayak in the past. Like just, again, at somebody's cabin or whatever. And, and you know the kayaks, your legs don't fit in. They go numb right away. And you're going to tip unless, you know, mm. you're, they're for sure going to tip every time, right? Um, so these kayaks are not that. They are heavy i've got an old town sportsman 120 it's called so it's uh is it 12 feet yeah 12 foot long kayak it's roto molded so they put plastic in this like mold that spins around and just kind of forces the outside you guys know what that is same as like a yeti cooler yeah exactly boom yeah anything that's plastic on the outside and like looks like it's been in a thing it's that's one of those yeah anyway so roto molded plastic really good thickness and the profile of that canoe, or kayak, I should say, they're so stable that, again, you look at these things and you see how the rider's so high elevated out of the water. You're sitting up pretty high. Um, but the width and whatever they've figured out with stabilization, they're insane. So I had been in Jay's um, maybe a couple years ago for the first time, and I used one of these pedal drive systems, and I'm thinking, man, this is this is pretty unbelievable. But I don't know. I hadn't fished in one or anything like that, similar to that before. And I thought, I just couldn't really picture it. And you see these guys with accessories all over the place hanging off these things, right? And I'm just not that guy until I became one. Um, so again, all these different thoughts that I had in my mind about uh, kayak fishing. And then used them a little bit, got familiar with it. Jay and I had a few that we fished from in Florida in the spring. And we, were, we went shark fishing in these things. And we caught giant tarpon um, from these plastic boats. But it's just, it's insane. You're not going to fall out of this thing. It's extremely stable. It's not going to tip or flip. And with this pedal drive system, your hands are free the whole time you're fishing. So even if you lock onto a big fish and it's pulling you around, you just back pedal away from it. And you can keep your, you know, course of action just like really, really well. And, uh, yeah, that's it. I'm in love with this thing. I even got a set of wheels from this company from Australia and, uh, they make this cart, which again, the only reason I'm laughing is because it's so nerdy. I feel to have all these accessories and stuff, but they're awesome and they make your life so much easier, but you get this cart that folds up into 
a tiny enough shape that you can put it inside the front compartment in the kayak, right? So it all comes apart, put it back together. You've got these big wheels. And I had the just the regular, you know, the regular Joe wheel. So when you buy the kit, it comes with standard. And I'm thinking standard is going to be good enough for me and my lifestyle and the way I like to do things. And I take it to the beach once across this light, fluffy sand. You know what it's like at Grand Beach and stuff. Like you can't even walk in it. And it just gets buried. So I'm kind of disappointed and... I mean, this is it for me, right? I can't take my kayak to this spot. I got to go way up the lake and drop it in somewhere else and pedal all that way back. And they, of course, they've got a sand tire for these things. So then you got to upgrade. So you get like, it's just a trap, you know? Like you just have like all these different sweet accessories and like, well, I'm here. I may as well have the place. I got to have the urinal. And then you get like the water filtration system put in. And all of a sudden you've got just this like, real fancy boat camper thing that you're pedaling around on the lake and have to disassemble and carry back to your truck. But it's awesome. The whole fishing experience is just great. All of a sudden you're drinking your own piss. <laughs> yeah. It turns into survival so quick. Oh. No, it's just, it's sweet. There's too many things for them and it's uh it's a rabbit hole, but I highly recommend getting stuck in that hole. You did kind of sell me on it. Cause like, I remember you were texting me about it and I was a little nervous. Cause like I've had, <clears throat> I wouldn't say bad experiences on kayaks, but I've been in them and I've been like, this thing is unstable. Like, why would I? Yeah, want, it's irresponsible why would to I, go on one. Why, why would yeah. I want to fish out of this? Yeah. That sounds stupid. But, but the, the stability here is what's really selling it's me. It's nuts. I'm, yeah. You yeah. can stand in it. You can stand and take a whiz. Like, awesome. And you're not going to flip or tip or anything. It's it's. Uh, I have a picture of Jay. So Jay's dad in Florida caught locked into this tarpon. So I'm floating around on another kayak just trying to get some photos. And I have photos of the two of them on the same kayak, leaning over the edge, holding on to this fish that probably weighs over 100 pounds, halfway out of the water, and the boat's just sitting there. Like, it's not tipping. I feel like I would be nervous doing that in a tinner, right? Yeah. But this thing was, yeah, two of them. He's basically on his dad's lap holding this giant fish, and... It's sitting there flat in the water. I feel Pretty like sweet. I, I kind of want to like fly cast out of one of these. Do you think? Totally. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect for that. Yeah. Oh, like man. amazing. The other night it was so calm. Um, Mike and I went out and it was just, yeah, crazy calm. And uh, we got into the this shallow rocky area and the fish were just feeding on the surface. So we saw a little bit of everything jumping and started casting. And we were catching like standing up casting a few times my spoon, the second it hit the water, there was just a massive splash and a catfish grabbed it and ran with it. So we're getting these top water style fishing situations with massive catfish that take 10, 15 minutes to reel in. And all from this like little tiny thing that I just threw in the back of my truck and drove home and store it beside the garage, right? Like it's it's so sweet. Yeah, let's take this time to let everyone know that we're going to have a swell fish for sale so we can buy some kayaks. <laughs> um anyways what was i gonna ask you about? oh them. i was gonna tell you about my life failure um i bought a kayak once and it was so i went kayaking in churchill with the whales okay blue whales, which is I, pretty sweet it was blue unreal. whales beluga oh beluga yeah okay. no blue whales it i'm like they got hundreds of blue there? whales isn't blue whale like the biggest yeah i know i was just yeah anyways so when I got back to Thompson, I'm like, oh, man, I got to buy a kayak and get better at kayaking. So I want to go kayaking with the whales next time I go to Churchill. Because I worked up there quite a bit. Right. So I went online. First used kayak I found was a 
sea kayak, and it was like 19 feet long, and it had a cart. No big deal. Okay. Kayaked with it once. That was it. Sold it. Anyways, that was my Where'd story. Where'd you kayak with it? On Payne Lake. Oh, okay. I had yeah. to use my enclosed trailer to get it to Payne Lake because my... 19 feet, you say? Yeah. That's a... It was 18, like 18 like that's three or something. Yeah. That's too much. I feel like 12... But it was awesome. Like, man, the thing ripped. Yeah, I, yeah, I believe that. And I had no foot pedals. All arms. Okay, so that's why your upper body... When you foot pedal and arm it at the same time, do you just get ripping or what? I feel like I haven't tried that, but that's... Uh, I feel like your, your arms wouldn't keep up with your pedaling because you can pedal... The unit I have pedals faster than my buddy's electric, like has a Minn Kota or whatever on it. Same, similar model. Um, but you can pedal it faster than the electric Minn Kota goes. What is it like for like effort wise? Like, do you, do you, when you're, so easy. when you're done the day, are you like, fuck, that was a good day of pedaling or was like, no, you don't that, even think that, of it. I was talking about that yesterday or whenever that was like, I was out Sunday night and I, I, I'm very surprised cause I don't think my legs are that strong, but I, I'm on them often enough every day, <laughs> <laughs> at least once a day I'm on my legs and, uh, jeez <laughs> uh, uh, I keep saying stupid things uh, where was I going with that yeah so there's I've never felt that I've put too much effort into pedaling and my legs haven't been sore like after call it four or five hours at times and you're pedaling the whole time really right mm-hmm. like you're never really sitting still so yeah I've never had a sore leg from that once right on um i'd like to take this time to give iHunter a shout out big thanks iHunter. they've been supporting our podcast for a long time i've been going through iHunter and trying to figure out a lot of different things that you can use on there especially as a first time app user iHunter is an app obviously that you use to uh you know do a little bit of scouting e-scouting doing whatever you want or hunting or fishing but the one thing that i've been actually looking at more and more is the zone colors um so everything's color-coded and a built-in map service so uh, when you're looking at your mobile device you can find out if you're in a ma- like a ma- like for us in manitoba like a wildlife refuge you can find out if you're in public land or you know private land um, and so and it's great because you can tap on that hunting zone and it give you all your um, all your information about it like uh, you can find your links to public uh, regulations which helps out quite a bit so if you don't know if you're like in a whitetail zone or or not necessarily whitetail zone but if you're in a zone looking for whitetail um, you can click on where you're at and it'll tell you exactly exactly all the regulations you may need so if you guys are looking to get out into the outdoors this fall please go check out itunes uh not itunes please go check out iHunter on itunes on itunes yeah but thanks iHunter for everything they do um, Josh, the other thing I was going to ask you about that boat, so you, and then you have a bunch of electronics and stuff set up. Like that thing is ready to rock. Like what else you got on there? You got you got some uh, electronics on there, right? Yeah. So I have a Helix Seven um, hooked up, and just in the front of the there, there's storage in the front of the kayak, and I have a battery running to that. But they make um, like channels and everything already for running your cables and there's a what's the word I'm looking for there's a mount underneath the hull so it's tucked up and away and your transducer goes and attaches to this thing you just get a special mount for your transducer adhere it to this thing and the channel has a cable that runs straight up through the hull and 
onto the top of the kayak. So everything's just, again, totally... When I drag this thing across rocks and sand and whatever, I'm not afraid of knocking my transducer off at all because it's tucked away. So that part's pretty cool. And then they have these track systems that there's some that come standard with the unit and you can add an infinite amount of tracks on there as well and uh, outfit those tracks with anything. Like I have a staff that has a light on the top of it for like safety and I've got uh, rod holders, an iPhone holder, GoPro holder. Yeah, it's crazy, endless. So, Josh, we're going to kind of start winding down here on the old podcast episode. Um, Tristan, I have a few little things left to ask you. Um, But I want to ask you, I wanted to ask you, how many podcasts have you been on now? I've I've heard you on The Weekend Warriors. Have you been on many other ones? That's a good question. Um, Man, there was one that I can't recall what it was even called. They're not doing it anymore. Two dudes out of Ontario, and they were... Urban Outdoorsman? Yeah, it was some kind of like uh, canoeing... Yeah, I listened to that one. Yeah. Oh, I can't remember what that was called. But there's been a couple. There's been a few. There were some other guys that were like gamers or something that we got to chat because they wanted to get their friends more into outdoor things. Um, But yeah, not, not a ton. Nope. I just talk to myself most of the time. Do you ever think about like a podcast on your... Like getting your own podcast? Um, because you have lots to talk about. Yeah, like, so I, I with think, all due respect, like you do. I think there would be a really good podcast talking about just again general shooting the breeze, learning about people, talking about the good, you know, the goodness in people and whatever. Incorporating that with wild food. Yeah, there's no one as I'm. I mean, just eating jerky right now, and it's it's hard to get my words out. But there's a ton of people in that outdoor food space, like I am that do an amazing job of talking to their audience and coming up with new recipes and new and unique ways to introduce people to wild game. And I don't feel like there's one podcast that talks about that. Right. Again, mixed with a little bit of lifestyle and whatever, but um, there could be an opportunity to do something like that, but it's, as you guys know, a bit of a time consuming thing and lining up people and making sure audio is working and making sure the other, the guests audio is working if you're doing it online. So yeah. yeah, there's a lot. Have you ever seen that um, show on YouTube with Burt Kreischer and he cooks? Yeah, it's amazing. With other comedians? Yeah, such a great format. But, such a good format. Like but, You could totally do that, but like quit eating beef jerky when you're on the mic right. and you could have your own podcast. Like tip number one. It would be awesome. But again, our pool here locally is small, so it would require a lot of travel. So I'd have to really roll the dice on. But, but you can make it kind of funny, like you could zoom in and then just put the computer up at like the bar stool of them watching you cook. It's so true. And there's a show that Selena Gomez, I think, does. Have you guys seen that? Where she cooks. Well, I think that? it was mostly due. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I actually don't even know if I used the right name. Um, pretty sure it's Selena. Did Selena date Bieber back in the day? You guys recall? I can't I remember. remember. Anyways, this is not the not the crowd for this. But we ask questions around a here, famous so. celebrity. Yeah. A celebrity female lady uh, had a show on TV and I think it was on the Food Network, but she would have other celebrity guests call in. It was all via Zoom and they would be like, sorry, celebrity chefs and they would walk her through cooking different dishes and she'd be in her house with her friends or her mom or family members and they would just cook and have a good time. Mm-hmm. That was pretty sweet. 
I think it was a show for the ladies, but I enjoyed it. And I watched it with my wife because I like spending time with my wife. Right. Sometimes. Add that in there. Yeah. We all love your wife. Yes, everybody does. Um, but yeah, like making content around <laughs> cooking, I think it's just genius because everyone likes to eat. Or if they don't like to eat, they like to cook. So this is something I was thinking about earlier today. And on that topic of everybody likes to eat, it surprises me all the time how... I'll backtrack a little bit. I'd also seen this new cookbook that came out from Jamie Oliver. And it was one of these like five ingredients to dinner type books. And these, these, Jamie Oliver's been doing this for a long time. He's got a, a stack of different books that teach you how to make a meal within five minutes or with five ingredients. It's all five, five, five something. People still aren't learning how to cook. He's been doing this for a long time, educating people that don't have a clue what they're doing in the kitchen. And people still still don't know what they're doing. No, but the other thing is, is like people's lifestyles change. Sure they now, do. And he's listen. meeting people where they're at at different levels. And of course, these there's new people popping up that are just like young and cooking for themselves for the first time. Very true. Right. But all I was thinking about was how we're, we're obsessed with food, obviously, because we need it all the time. And there's so much information servicing that person that is like a real dummy behind the stove, right? It's just constant. It's never for the pro, right? There's a, there's a few YouTubers out there. Joshua Wiseman, amazing guy who like will teach you some pretty advanced stuff to the regular person. And if that's what you prefer, go for it. But for the most part, everything in this food space is just for like, hey, never opened up a microwave before? Here's how you make dinner. Here's three things that you slap together, right? Okay, here's my argument behind what you're saying is that, number one, I, I live a lifestyle where I'm on the road. So like when I come home... I'd have to go and spend hundreds of dollars on fresh ingredients every time I go home. Like it's not right. like I have like a rotation of ingredients that I can keep on putting into different dishes to create like a meal plan for a week. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So like, if you think about that, um, a lot of people, I think that like live really busy lifestyles or say put cooking as like a secondary thing. They want to, f- they want like those easy ingredients that are there in the cupboard. Yeah. You're still right. there from week to week. Because I know like a lot of shit that you cook and then I try to like follow and like I, you inspire me to cook more and different, try different things. But like, for instance, I went fishing with my dad, by the way, um, did the drum in the, in the wrap there. Nice. In yeah. The, in the. Like parchment wrap? Huh? The parchment one? No, the or Greek no? yogurt wrap or the Greek yogurt. Oh yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Flatbreads. Yeah. I did that. But like, for instance, just for that trip, like I spent like $70 in ingredients because right. I had nothing in my, because yeah, right. I was gone That's all true. week. Right. Yeah. So, so I spend a lot on those types of things because I do prioritize it. And yeah. So I guess it is tough for some people if they're not, if they don't have those ingredients or whatever accessible. Yeah. All the time. So you want four or five ingredients so that it's super easy, right? Okay. Yeah. So maybe people are learning. Maybe people are just learning how to eat differently and consume differently. You know what? One of the podcasts that kind of changed my cooking around thinking and like I'm. <clears throat> Maybe one of those folks that's like on the other side of Sheldon's camp where I like go to my way to grow shit and like I'll go spend twenty dollars to grow a tomato plant where I could have got right, yeah. fucking tomatoes at the, the store yeah, for for cheap. Sixty five cents a, a pop. Um but I, I I was just I was scrolling through it on the phone right here trying to figure out uh 
go back in the guest list, but oh, that's why you're being antisocial. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was that was me. Um, he he. This was the gentleman that went on a lot of canoe trips, and he developed his own cookbook around like freeze dried and preserved meals. Hmm. And there was like a pragmatism to those meals that, like Sheldon, you're kind of offering. Like I don't have a lot of time to <clears> this. <throat> or a lot of resources to spend on fresh ingredients every week. But like the, the way this guy approached like nutrition and food and he had to figure out a way to make these meals that would last a long time. Right. And still light, easy to carry. Yeah. But it's also still edible at, at the end of the day. Yeah. 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 So yeah. like that kind of like changed my thinking about like, like we know like sometimes frozen ingredients can be really like, great in some ways like like some of the frozen fruits can be fresher than the right the fruits we're getting up here in manitoba and off seasons for example so yeah. like how do i do that instead of just relying on fresh fruit all the time for example yeah you know yeah saying? there's a there's something there for sure it's um may, maybe this stems from the fact that i get annoyed by seeing those like easy to cook books because it's like man anybody could put one of those together like five ingredients of course but, um, yeah, I mean, I also have a company that talks to the person who wants to have new ways to cook something, right? Like we're making recipes and teaching people how to take pork and deep fry it and make a sweet sandwich. And yeah. Well, and Jamie Oliver worked on me to be trans. Like I, well, I love Jamie Oliver. Yeah. That's the thing. Like I, and when I was younger, I watched his show. He had the naked chef, I think, or. Oh, I can't remember. I think it was like way back. OG. I just remember him roasting cafeterias because they would. Right. So he did a lot of that, like even later on in his career. Yeah. And where are we going with that train of but, thought? Oh yeah. Anyway, just, I, this guy was my idol when I was younger. Cause he just had all these like really sweet methods on how to cook food simply. And I wasn't a housewife looking on like preparing dishes for my family. I was just a dude who wanted to cook and liked food. Right. So I thought he was amazing. And then. I think things got a little more commercial and he mm. drifted away from that a little bit and did the little like it happens. A t- tad of selling out to sell the cookbooks, which I think everyone would do. And uh, it just got a little more simple, which uh, was like, dang, uh, he didn't, he didn't go beyond where he was. He just kind of sat there. Yeah. Right. And uh, then taught the line. commoners how to cook food, which, is, which is great. Yeah. You you know who did that in Canada and we were and didn't sell out and we were talking about this guy the other day uh, was that Chef Michael Smith. Oh yeah, he was also really good at like paring it down to like the the essentials and yeah. So his dialogue is so good. He has a a bit of a, like a poetic and witty way of explaining things, and something as simple as a potato, he'll talk to you about because he's O G P E I. Origin, original yeah, that's right. gangster, island gangster. He looked. He actually looks OG right now. Like I don't know if you've seen him. Yeah, it looks awesome. Yeah, like he's he's yeah, cool he's, cool dude. Six foot nine thousand feet tall. <laughs> like just a giant man. But yeah, his way of describing something and then explaining to you the methods, even even when it comes down to just seasoning a cast iron pan, I've seen him talk about that, and he does an amazing job at selling it and giving you all of the little like verbal tidbits that you need to know that man this is the way i want to cook and this is the way i want to season it and it's just so dialed yeah yeah very articulate i love that guy i remember for the first time seeing his spice rack and being like 
that I need that a spice rack like that. Yes. In my life. Not for this little just mass envy. Yeah. Yeah. Not for this little like plastic bottle kind of. Yeah, a guy like that would have been somebody who inspired me to have these like big jars of spices at home, and some of them get used regularly, and some of them don't, but they're there for when I need them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. I like having a good spice collection, which leads us back to sometimes you don't have all the spices in your cabinet because you're on the go, and you need something quick. So it should be a little bit of beef jerky. I think also about being able to take something on a backpacking trip and using just a, even if it's just a day on the ice, whatever it is, but being able to use a jet boil, put a bunch of dried things in there and have it turn into a meal, right? And jerky really is one of those things. You could take one of these and rehydrate it and turn it into a piece of meat and cook it, right? It'll be very heavily seasoned. Um, but yeah, anyhow, that uh, being able to prepare that type of food on your own and have it taste good is is a challenge, but it might be better than buying a freeze-dried pack of something. The, that jerky that's in front of us was prepared by your dad there, and he's been using that recipe for a while. Um, and it, it's like one of those things. I would never rehydrate that, first of all. Like, jerky is like a thing. Yeah, it has to be eaten dry. Unto itself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the thought of rehydrating jerky kind of like gives me the willies. Um, but more importantly that we were talking about your dad's jerky there and just like not only how good it is but like it i feel like it almost grows on you and like it's this product that you, you were saying he was slinging this thing back in his 20s yeah like like that's the kind of thing like this this he makes it in the dehydrator that that would be like a real yeah a real seller yeah so he did yeah backstory is that Ever since I can remember when I was a little kid, my dad was making this jerky and he was working for the Pepsi drink company and he would make this stuff for his coworkers and he'd come home, buy whatever cut of beef, whatever that he had and uh, slice it up super thin. You made a point of uh, mentioning the, th the thinness of it. I did. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, the, the gauge at which it's been cut it's, there's some inconsistencies obviously because it's meat but um i think it's pretty good his marinade's been i think identical the whole time so i could tell like instantly when i bit into a piece of it like this was something that had been honed like this was not like when i go and make jerky and i'm like yeah ah, maybe i'll throw some of this in today and like i'll maybe yeah. maybe a little bit more paprika on this one though that this was something that yeah it's taken a long time to figure it out and i think he just has it in his head so he goes up, mixes this stuff, puts it in the fridge for a couple days, I think, and then dehydrates it. And, you know, back to the, I think it was one of the hot, the burning hot questions, but what inspires me. Stuff like this inspires me. Like to do whatever, even if it comes down to just making sausage or processing meat on my own. What inspires me is the stuff that, you know, the cookie crumbs that my dad and grandpa and their friends and whatever are left behind because this is just a weird dried crusty piece of meat in a ziploc ikea bag and it was quite full when i got here and now it's oh yeah you know there's there's a couple pieces left um but yeah the fact that he just you know my dad made this stuff and now my kids can't wait to get this at christmas time in the mail it's just send like dry 
meet in the mail, which is crazy. But yeah, like it's it's just become uh, a cool thing that that's traveled on through time. And one of the memories that goes along with that is more years than I can remember. We would get into deer camp and my dad would go throw on his parka or jacket, whatever his, or it could have been just his like neon vest, throw on his blaze vest from the year before, reach into the pocket and there'd be a piece of jerky from a prior hunting season and he would sit there and eat it. No way. Because this stuff, it's not, you know, we, we had a brief conversation about it before, but this isn't your shelf stable uh gummy sugary there's a bit of sugar in there i feel a little pinch yeah but it's not that it's not the sugar level to the point where it's impossible to go bad Mm -hmm. like the stuff you get at the store typically right Mm -hmm. and this is uh i don't know if you can hear that but you could almost it's a little bendy i'm trying to snap it in front of the microphone here oh there you go there's a little bit of a, a crackle Oh, oh, yeah! A little bit of a snap, crackle, and pop to it because it's it's dry. It's really dry meat, and this stuff, because of the level of moisture that's been taken out of it and removed from the meat, it's good forever. And this is just a traditional way that humans, ever since they've been eating meat, have been preserving meat. And it's just got a little bit of salt, a little a few extra things in there to give it some flavor. Yeah, yeah. That they didn't have, but just. A plain old dry piece of meat. It's it's beautiful. I love it. Yeah. It's cool. Jerky. We should sell that. <laughs> Catch a cook jerky. Oh yeah. I don't know that I did I point out the fact that he sold it to his coworkers at Pepsi? Or no? Yeah, he did. Oh yeah. At the, at the side hustle? Yeah. Yeah. At the right. soda pop company. So another really cool thing out of that is there's a guy that worked with my dad at one point in his career, ended up moving to BC, and I can't remember completely what the connection was, but I think it was one of my cousins also lived there and knew this guy or had met him. And this, neither one of them knew that they had my dad in common as a friend or a relative. And the one guy that used to work with my dad said, you know what? The best jerky that I ever had, because I got in some kind of jerky conversation. I think one of them may have actually been like a jerky salesman, and uh, or like a, a a rep that also had yeah, jerky yeah, in his library, right? So started talking about jerky, and he's like, "You know what? There's a guy back in Manitoba that I used to work with, and he had if if I could package a jerky and sell it, he had the best jerky I've ever had, and his name was Jim McFadden." And again, I'm pretty sure it was my cousin knew exactly who he was talking about and thought or said to the guy, like, you got to be kidding me. (laughs) (laughs) So that's pretty sweet. Cool little story. I know that jerky. Yeah. They both remember that jerky. So, you know, jerky's uh, a good thing to share with friends. Yeah. One of the best. Um, If we're thinking, though, small towns and big memories, though, I can't. Let us get out of this podcast without thanking Harvester Outdoors. Harvester obviously supports this podcast. Um, They are your place for fishing and hunting supplies. Um, Not only that, the community of people that love the outdoors. Um, So if you're around Selkirk, Manitoba, be sure to stop in and say hi to Sean at the shop there. 
Um, they're located off of Mercy Ave and be sure to just uh, go in for a visit. Hopefully the, the hounds in that day too. So uh, again, huge thanks to Harvester Outdoors. Sheldon? We're kind of wrapping up here, I think. <laughs> it's been half an hour of wrapping, but we're good. Yeah, but I got one more question for you. And I'm going to ask you this question in all being serious because I get asked this question. I bet you I get asked this question once a month. Okay. What do you do for a living? Oh, yeah. That question. So I like to say that I'm uh, independently financially stable and retired, semi-retired. Um. But yeah, I just kind of like, you know, hang out. Uh, it's always a, such a complicated question. I feel like every time I try to answer this question, I'm talking to my parents. And no matter what I say or do or how much I dance like a monkey in front of them, it's blank stares. And they're like, okay, so like like the internet though? or <laughs> so, so yeah, that's the answer. It's the internet. Um, uh, I make my living... Because digital and electronical devices exist, um, there's some communication involved in that. There's some creative that's involved in that. And uh, at the end of the day, I'd love to pay all of my bills and my future um, and fund that with Catch and Cook, which is the plan, and it's well on its way to do so. So, yeah, maybe maybe in the near future, that answer will just be, Catch and cook. And also semi-retired. <laughs> but I hate golf. With a fleet of kayaks. Yes. Yeah. Retired with a fleet of kayaks and one for each of my kids. That's one of the things that would make it a lot easier if I've got a couple really light and more affordable style kayaks that the rest of the family uses when we go out on little adventures. But <laughs> I give um, them the dangerous kayaks. Me, I'm yeah, they the got the dangerous ones. They're pretty stable actually still too. Um, but if we were to expand the fleet, it would be pretty fantastic to have at least a second of the old towns, but a third would also be pretty sweet. I'd have to have a trailer to haul them back and forth um, to the lake. But, uh, Right now, I put one of my kids on the back of mine in the storage compartment. They just use a like a beach chair and sit back there. And that's, you know, pretty sweet. It's a cool way to fish and a fun way to fish with the family. So, uh, yeah, kayak fleet. Retired and, and kayak captain. A retired kayak captain. So it's a fun way that's to put, for put your kid in the storage unit Yeah. of your kayak. Yeah, you fish have a kid in the storage space. It's like they say too much and you just like bang on the lid. Yeah, shut mean, up down there. It's fully wide open. It's not a, yeah, it's not an actual storage container. A storage compartment, which isn't, there's no lid. It's wide open space. Yeah. Huh. Family. Interesting. That, you say that that was Old Town, that kayak company? Mm-hmm. And do they have like youth ones, you know, or no? I'm pretty sure. So Old Town makes canoes and t- like every style of kayak. Yeah. Even those like giant sea crawlers that you were talking about that are just like paddle only. They make those as well. But they right. also happen to have a line of these pedal drive units that are unbelievable. And they now just launched a, a system that is like the pedal drive and has a prop under it. But it's battery assist. So, I mean, I've ridden bicycles that are battery assist. 
and you just you feel like you're really putting no energy into it at all and you're hauling butt because the battery just kicks in so that's a pretty sweet setup yeah awesome um well i'm pretty much out of questions i guess we can do like a little round table unless you have more questions tristan but we'll go to you next i have zero questions but this was probably one of the funner podcasts we've i've been a part of lately (laughs) yeah it makes me kind of like I'm a little upset that we haven't had Josh in like a deer camp or something like that. And that's, I feel like you would thrive in that situation. I love camping. I love deer. Yeah. Yeah. It seems a little ridiculous that you haven't been to one, but maybe we'll have to make it happen this fall. I'll show up for a little, uh, little deer outing. Josh, you have anything else to say before we, uh, (laughs) Cut cut you off before we take that mic away? Thanks, guys, for having me on the podcast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, always, yeah. it's always a pleasure. So I'm like thinking of Thanks all Thanks for doing uh, what you do. Yeah. And, uh, I'm like, man, I, I was thinking of like... Aliens exist. <laughs> yeah. Like, how are we getting into conspiracies <laughs> and talking about how for sure there's aliens everywhere? We just can't see them because they're interdimensional. Um, yeah. No, thanks. Thanks for having me out. It's been... Uh, I would sure love to accept that invite to deer camp one day soon. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was good, good catching up o- outside of the podcast we had, I can't even remember what we talked about within the podcast and then some chitter chatter on either end of the break or, uh, before we started rolling, but, um, really good catching up as always. And yeah, it's super fun. and it's, it's nice to catch up in a random hotel room somewhere down Pemina highway or yeah. Portage Avenue. Yeah. That's what you got to do. I mean, that's how you run these things, yeah. So to give the listeners a little bit of uh, background, Josh got here at 8, and it is now 11, and we've only recorded for like an hour or so. Yeah, I've, Think I have an that. unread text from my wife, but it's just, uh, okay. Well, picture. She thumbs up the last message I sent, so we're good. Yeah, we're good to go. Um, no, the, uh, like I'm going to echo what Tristan said. We haven't actually had, like, or I haven't. You've had a couple, I guess, in-person podcasts since COVID. This is like my first one, so it's kind of exciting to have you in the room because then the, you know it's going to This go. is the first like in-person since? For me. Like, what have you done? Like, two? two yeah. Oh, so, wow. Crazy. It's, yeah, but, everybody moved digital just as a rule, I think, right? Yeah, it, it is easier, but it's so nice to get together, have some pops, and eat some jerky and talk shop. Yeah, you can't share jerky over Zoom. No. Well, not that jerky anyways. No, not that stuff. You mail it. That's true. Yeah, uh, good point. But yeah, if um, anybody's looking to find out where where they're at, where can they find you? Instagram is their main yeah same main channel yeah Instagram and oh I just kicked the table by accident but yeah you can find us uh, on the catch and cook side on social medias you can find us at uh, on many online and brick and mortar retailers one of those online retailers just so happens to be the panoramic website as well no big deal um but uh we've got canada wide and starting to pollute states across the united states um all the way down to reno nevada which i don't know what they're catching and cooking there but i'm very curious and uh the shields locations have been good to us and yeah that's it that's awesome i was gonna ask you if you're down in the states yet because i didn't know that um but 
we have got quite a few listeners down in the states too so now it's uh, perfect for that yeah find us find us online and uh your store locator dealer locator is uh located on the website okay no free no more free ads thanks for coming on the show josh we appreciate it every single time um good luck this fall and we'll catch you down the road yeah you guys as well thanks we'll see you later bye bye now